You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? We're live after this New York Giants 27 to 13 loss at the hand of the Seattle Seahawks. Chris, it seems like some of the Giants' fortune earlier in this season, it faded, as the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Anthony Kiedis would say. And the Seattle Seahawks benefited from two Richie James fumbles, and the one really negated the New York Giants' opportunity to actually have one of their patented almost fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah, the- it almost seemed like the Giants were due for a game like this because, you know, their their recipe for success over the first seven games was to really not hurt themselves. They would execute on a down-in, down-out basis. And while they didn't have a whole lot of spectacular plays, they also never set themselves back. They never drag themselves to the deep end, you know, as they like their want to say, and they really just let the other teams hurt themselves and then capitalized on those mistakes. This time the giants just couldn't keep it clean. They couldn't, they, they didn't execute the way they had through the, the first seven games of the season. And it just kind of snowballed on them. Before the podcast, I, I, I said to Chris, the Giants were trying to drag Seattle into the deep end, just slowly creeping them into the deep end. And then Richie James just kind of popped the swimmy. And then all you heard was the air just kind of go and deflate. And then it was all over at that point. The New York Giants couldn't really overcome the deficit that they suffered. And hey, it's a humbling loss heading into a bye week. The Giants are still 6-2 and two right now. The Giants are in a fantastic position and playing up in Seattle with two new offensive linemen, all this perspective right there, it's, it's very, very difficult. And you can see the Giants' offense never really seemed too comfortable. It was just incredibly loud up there in the Pacific Northwest. And what did you expect? I mean, that's something that I felt like was always going to work against the Giants' road game against Seattle. And you also factor in all the traveling that they have kind of had to do travel in London, travel to Tampa, yada, yada, yada. And now the Giants suffer their second loss of the season. It's crazy, man. We're in what week eight right now. And it's only the second loss. So a little, little bit of bright spot there at least. Yeah. And I, I think the crowd noise played a really big part in this. Cause we saw the Giants have some uh, false start penalties. We saw them have the delay of game penalty. And you know, these are things they just haven't done through the first half of the season. So they're really not used to playing against themselves as well as the other team. And, you know, I think, think the other thing working against them that we, I'm not sure if we really expected was how well the Seattle run defense played really both run defenses played very well, right up until the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, the Seattle run defense earlier in the season, it was abysmal. It was pathetic, but we've seen it kind of just the defense as a whole really solidify over the last couple of weeks. They played Arizona not long ago. They did well. And then last week they also were not that bad. And then they're at home now against the team traveling in and 
you could see how the Giants offense, like you said, struggled to find anything on the ground. I, I'm curious to see what type of adjustments the New York Giants made on the offensive side of the football and, and what the defense was doing on the back end. And we'll get to the all 22 and report back on all that. But the Giants couldn't do anything offensively this the entire game. It was really, really bad. I mean, they benefited from a Tyler Lockett fumble that resulted in Saquon Barkley's touchdown. So it was like the Giants were getting some breaks early in that game. You had Tyler Lockett also drop a would-be touchdown that removed four points from the board. So you have all these things kind of working in the Giants' favor. And I'm sitting there, Chris, at that time, and I'm like, are the Giants really going to do this again? Like, are they really going to take advantage of a team every time they make mistakes. Cause that's been, like we said, the modus operandi of this team, the entire season, but this time kind of just circled back and bit the giants in the rear end after the second Richie James fumble. And I'm curious to see what the giants were going to have up their sleeves. If Richie James just held on to the football. And I don't know about you, bro, but when Richie James caught it and he started running with it, he didn't fair catch. I was like, he's not really capping it right now. He's, he's not holding it with, uh, okay. It's on the ground. Like that, that's, that was my exact reaction. Yeah. That the ball security there was not awesome. I, I, I feel like Tom Coughlin would have had an absolute fit at that. His face might've uh, changed into very, very interesting colors on that one. He might've gone green Bay, you know, 30 degrees below zero colors on that one. <laughs> He very well might have, man. It very well might have. But in this game, offensively, Daniel Jones ended with 176 yards passing. Honestly, a lot of that, well, not a lot of it, but there was a decent amount of that on that final drive. He he couldn't really do anything through the air. The Giants, for a while in that game, I was like, dude, did they know they could pass the football down the field? It wasn't until... I think like towards the end of the first half or maybe the beginning of the second half when Daniel Jones started ripping it to Darius Slayton several different times on deep curls that I felt like were really well-placed, well-timed by Daniel Jones. That was most of the offense because Saquon Barkley was completely bottled up. He had 53 yards on the ground on 20 carries and Seattle's defense was wildly disciplined at every single level. Whenever Barkley got through the first level of blocks, there were linebackers and safeties coming down right on him. And he even tried to get really creative with his pat and jump cut, trying to evade and get away from a lot of these defenders. And there just wasn't a lot of rushing room for the dude. Yeah. The, the Seattle team as a whole, uh, maybe except for Pete Carroll there at the end, were really very disciplined this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that one, that flag on Pete Carroll on the Geno Smith run, that was just, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen that call before. If I have, it's been a long time since. And then the, uh, the, the referee penalizing the Seattle Mariners. That's just surreal right there. <laughs> nah, Jerome Boger, what are you doing? The Seattle Mariners, man. Yeah, they're not playing anymore. <laughs> no, they are not. Another crazy thing, bro, about this game that I was just like, how? How? And that's just DK Metcalf being able to play and look good out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, He's just one of those guys who is not all the way human. Like, you know, everybody's seen the picture of him with his shirt off, but, you know, Guys that big should not be able to move quite like he does. Now, granted, his short area quickness isn't there, but still, he, he can pick him up and put him down. And yeah, normally if you see a guy that size with legs, as long as he's got, have a patellar injury, that puts him down for at least a week. It typically does. And if we want to take away any bright spots from this game, Chris, the fact that the Giants were in this game late, despite looking not good at all on, on offense is, is something because it says something about how the Giants defense was playing 
earlier in the game. Last week against Jacksonville, their defense was horrendous. They couldn't do anything from a run fit standpoint. This week, they they bottled Kenneth Walker up until the end of the game yes. when he had that rushing touchdown. Like Kenneth Walker finished with 18 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown, and that was a really nice touchdown run. But at that point, the Giants' defense was pretty gassed. Not to make excuses for them, but the defenders were in the area to make the play on Kenneth Walker, which was a beautiful cutback by Kenneth Walker. It was just they they didn't execute, and I think a lot of that was a product of the fact that they were on the football field for quite a while thought they were off the football field and then right back on the football field. <laughs> yeah. I, I think having to go right back on the football field again, the same way that had happened previously in the game, you know, the giants won time of possession. I do believe I can, yeah. I can look it up in a moment, but having to go back on like that, you don't get a chance to get a breather and it, it's really demoral demoralizing to have to stop an offense that had honestly just gashed you because Geno Smith on that touchdown drive that wound up going to Tyler Lockett he was just surgical out there and for the offense to not get not get much of anything done and then the defense have to go they get a stop feeling good and then have to go right back out there because of a special teams turnover man you saw Xavier McKinney too on the sidelines. He's like celebrating, dabbing people up, and then he's like, "Oh crap, I got to go grab my helmet again." Oh man, I got to get back it, out there. It's it's like that, uh, like that uh, Grand Theft Auto meme. Ah, he, ah crap, here we go again. <laughs> exactly. It was a rough. It was a rough game, but the Giants now they'll head into the bye week at six and two after this road loss in a very hostile and tough environment, and then they'll just get ready for their game at home against the Texans, and then at home against the Detroit Lions. I think both of those games are very winnable football games. I don't think anything's a sure bet, but they're both very winnable football games, especially with a coaching staff that is really good at planning. And the Giants will have an extra week to plan. We see all the Lions, again, have an epic meltdown after going up, I think, like 21-7 to or something on the Miami Dolphins and then just absolutely implode and collapse on themselves. But that game is in three weeks now because of the bye week. So that's where we're looking at right now. Hopefully the Giants can get healthy. I'll say one other really beautiful kernel of uh of um something that happened in this game nick gates nick gates getting back out there and being that big jumbo offensive lineman yeah not just getting back out there which is phenomenal in and of itself but he had a key block on saquon barkley's touchdown him getting back out there as that jumbo tight end and then moving dudes like two three gaps to the right just paving the way for Saquon Barkley. Absolutely phenomenal to see from a guy who needed seven surgeries to put his leg back together. What We weren't sure how well he would be able to walk. We Nobody knew if his career would even be able to continue. That was just phenomenal to see. So regardless of what else happened during the game, that is an absolute silver lining bright side to this. And also, your guy, Timon Fox, he showed out today. He was kind of all over the field. Eight total tackles, had quite a few stops. Yeah, he looked really good with Aziz Ojolari on IR, O'Shane Zimenez, yeah, on the shelf with an, with his own injury. Fox stepped up, and that's great for the undrafted rookie. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Fox stepped up, and I absolutely love to see that because I feel like he earns it. And I know just by judging by what the coaching staff does with this kid and when they play him, they absolutely love this kid. And it's crazy to think because this kid's an undrafted rookie and he was wildly productive at North Carolina. I call him Van Wilder because he was there for like six years, but he still had like over 150 pressures and was getting home. And I feel like he has good traits and he's very physical and he's very coachable. So I really like Timon Fox and another younger player that I, that I felt like it was cool to see out there. It was Lawrence Cager mainly because he was open on a play specifically designed for him. This is a number three tight end. The giants just picked up a couple weeks ago and in the first half, the Giants designed a, a a wheel type of route to him that Daniel Jones put a little bit too much mustard on. Daniel Jones just was off with the ball placement. In Daniel Jones' defense, I still feel like he has to hit that throw. I think Josh Azuda was beat pretty bad by, I can't remember the Seattle defensive lineman, and then Jones ended up taking a big shot. But it's cool to see this Giants coaching staff just, yeah, I got ESPN doing its thing, <laughs> scheming up plays for even the the most seamless player like not just Saquon Barkley that they they literally use every single eligible receiver and everybody that they dress to try to catch the defense off guard it's something I love about this offensive coaching staff just wish they were able to do it more successfully in this game yeah even with the outcome like this I still maintain the Giants have the best coaching staff in the NFL right now yeah, the execution wasn't to the level we have become accustomed, but still, mm. what what they are doing with the roster they have right now is absolutely phenomenal. I'll say this though, too, man. Right before halftime, I did feel like it was it could have been just the, the feel of the game, but the Giants had what two timeouts, I believe, and about a minute and forty, a little bit less on the clock. And they just run the football. They just basically ran the clock out in, in that uh, situation. What were your thoughts on that? That was weird. I was expecting Brian Dable to try to be more aggressive, to try to at least get to Graham Gano's range so you could get, go into halftime with the t- score tied up. You get the ball to start the second half. Yeah, I was expecting him to try to give the Giants something to really sink their teeth into going into half i i didn't like the the decision to just kind of get to half now i, I don't know what was going on on the sideline if yeah you know, something had happened that we don't know about but yeah that that just seemed a little out of character to me i don't even know if it's out of character because ever since week 2 when we saw daniel jones almost throw the interception of frankie luvu we haven't really seen the Giants be aggressive in the two-minute drill, and I think this was maybe the second, possibly third opportunity where this has happened, where Brian Dable was more content going into halftime, making the adjustments because coaching staff's very good at that. And then uh, if they receive the football, I feel like that's another reason why they're doing it. But you know, with a minute forty-two timeouts, 
I would like to see a little bit more aggressiveness. I don't know either, and I'm not trying to stir anything up here, but I think it, it's worth at least throwing out there if it is an indictment on the passing attack, not just Daniel Jones specifically, but the fact that you have a bunch of practice squad type players running routes other than maybe Darius Slayton out there, and there's no more Daniel Bellinger, so you have a new tight end. That could be a factor into this, but it was something that I wish they maybe were a little bit more aggressive because they would have, you know, Needed those points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they really did. And, you know, I think the Giants had something like 50-ish you know, passing yards in the first half. So maybe they – and that's with them coming out throwing. Yeah, yeah, Maybe they just weren't too comfortable with the passing attack. That that could have been the determination that, you know, that we just don't know about one way or the other. But, yeah, it, it was definitely – it definitely felt weird in the moment. And I think that's something we're going to have to go back to when we look at the tape. We definitely will. And another thing that was kind of cool, just from a giants defensive perspective, I felt like in the first half they were bringing pressure and like, it kind of looked a little bit different than what we saw down in Jacksonville, but then we didn't really see it as much in the second half. But I think another reason why we didn't see it as much is because Seattle, like they had like really good adjustments as well. And that's not cool for the giants, but it's cool from like a football chess match type of uh, scenario. Yeah, you know, this this is a Giants live stream, Giants podcast. We both cover the Giants pretty much exclusively, but we are also just fans of the game at heart. And yeah, part of part of this and part of the thing we we really like and love to sink our teeth into is seeing just well-played football. We'd like it to be on the Giants sideline, but we can appreciate it when other teams, you know, the other professionals do their jobs well as well. Yeah. And just calling that double move. That was such a smart call against Dory Jackson who kept squatting on those little hitch routes on those little in routes and Tyler lock. It just ran the little hitch little in faked. It got really skinny there. I felt like that was a great little double move by Tyler lock and ended up going for six good little adjustment. And sometimes you win some, Sometimes you'll lose some. The Giants lose this game, but heading into the bye week, and hopefully they can bounce back. But Chris, you got anything else on this game? Yeah, you know, I I think that about does it. I think we've spent about enough time on this. Yeah, you know, this one might be just a burn the film game for the Giants. I, I think there are some lessons they need to take from it, but I'm interested to get to the all twenty two when the NFL ever actually decides to let us see it. And get, get a look at some of the adjustments. Maybe take a look at some of the adjustments really both teams made in the running game. Because the fact that these neither one of these run defenses, which were pretty porous on the season, gave up much of anything on the ground was really impressive to me. And I want to see how they did it. One way I know for the New York Giants was putting Jalen Smith at the mic and moving Tay Crowder to the will. That's something that we saw a lot throughout the the first half of the game. And I, I'm pretty sure it carried into the second half, but I, I would have to go back to the tape to reflect on that. But it's also interesting too, man. After watching the All-22 last week of Jacksonville, as bad as Tay Crowder was, Jalen Smith was actually much worse. So I'm curious to see how they were in this game. But anything else, buddy? No, you know, I think that's about it. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show live stream off this disappointing loss by the New York Giants at the hand of the Seattle Seahawks. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com to check out all of our written content and download, subscribe, like the podcast. That'd be excellent. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely one. 
Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.